Worldwide Podcast, talking all things NFL. Now here's your hosts, Woot and Why. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. I am Josh Why, and uh, joining me uh, is Josh Woot, but he's not joining me just yet. Uh, he'll be joining us at the top of the news uh Schedules clashing at the moment, so he'll be uh, he'll be phoning in on the hotline bling uh, uh, to the show. Hopefully, we'll have a, a similar scenario while he's on the phone uh, to me. He has all of his kids come running in like that BBC interviewer guy. Of course, it would require Josh to actually have children, but uh, I found that video especially hilarious, and I wanted to chat to Josh about it uh, on the show. But we're gonna have to. Uh, do it another time because uh, we've got plenty of free agency to get to, plenty of news. We're talking winners, losers, and I don't know what it quite means when you when you don't win but you don't necessarily lose. I guess in a, in a sport it's a tie or a draw. So fantasy winners, losers, and drawers, I guess, is what we're going to lean with. So uh, we'll go with that. So we're going to cross to uh, to uh, Josh to talk some uh, NFL news in a second. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna brush the small talk. We went to the footy on on Sunday, so we've caught up plenty uh, after having a bit of a extended break after the Super Bowl. So uh, please enjoy uh, us talking some free agency, and we'll be back uh, in the coming weeks to, to finish off free agency and uh, talk plenty of drafts and hopefully interview uh, Cameron Johnston, the Australian punter from Ohio State, as well, like we did last year with every Australian NFL draft prospect. Hopefully uh, we can nab him in a few weeks' time. Uh, there was a great article out today on him. We retweeted it if you want to check that out. So definitely recommend checking that out. All right, it's time to get to the NFL news. All right, and joining us on the show now is Josh Woot. Uh, time is pressing issue for us this week, so uh, let's get straight into the news Uh I saw you on Sunday, so we don't need to have small talk. But uh, Demarcus Ware retired after uh, 12 seasons with the Broncos and the Cowboys. He uh, he wrote something. Uh, he said, after a lot of thoughts and prayers, I've decided to accept the unknown and retire from my NFL career. He is definitely going to Canton, right? Yeah, I think uh, you know. I think he's done enough. He hasn't been the best at his position, but he's been a you know a consistent wrecking ball throughout his entire career. It wasn't as if he he took a season off here or there. Everywhere he went for the entire longevity of his career was pretty bloody solid. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's probably right. You know, at, at one point or another, though, he was the best at his position, but, you know, all time, not quite at the pinnacle. But he is definitely up there. He's he's racked up 138.5 career sacks, which is pretty pretty good. It's enough that's, for eighth all time. Yeah, you know, we we do a little bit of math here and there, and we've established that that's quite a high number. So, uh, you know, we wish DeMarcus all the best. We look forward to his Hall of Fame speech. But it's not quite, you know, set in stone that he's going to retire. According to Vic Lombardi of Altitude Sports Network, he suggested DeMarcus Ware's decision to walk away could end up being a soft retirement. Um, we know that he saw the Rams before he made his uh, retirement decision. Obviously, Wade Phillips tried to bring him back into the, the Rams' new 3-4 uh, defense that he's implementing there. Maybe, you know, who knows, after training camp where he doesn't have to put his body through that, he might come back. Would you like to see him maybe, you know, put on a put on a Rams jersey and line up alongside Aaron Donald? No, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary I, I, enough. <laughs> and, uh, I know it is, but at the same time, I don't like this whole coming out of retirement thing. Like, 
I don't know what it is about it. It's just, it's retirement is supposed to be this huge decision. And like, I completely understand if you don't want to give it up, like the love of the game and everything like that, that's totally understandable. But at the same time, if you, you know, if you announce your retirement, retire, that's just my two cents. If it's, is if that a Brett Favre quote? <laughs> if you're retiring for something else, like an, an injury and then you bounce back or you, you retire because you think, you know, your career's over, but then obviously you get, if you get some different advice or something like that and you come back completely different kettle of fish, but. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, I think this is, this is it for him now. Like he's had a good career. No one looks down at him. No one says that he's had a bad season. Everyone has these, um, these the, the kind of seasons he had at the end of his career where he, you know he slows down a bit and everyone expects that and no one takes anything away from him mm. but now like if, if he was to then come back out and go to the Rams mm. and then totally stink up the place it would only hurt his legacy like yeah. it wouldn't obviously take away from him going to the Hall of Fame but at the same time it's like why why did you do that yeah he's re- he's retired at a nice place where he hasn't really been affected by any play and he's you know it's declined a little bit but he's still had a, a good late career renaissance in, in Denver and, and obviously picked up that Super Bowl ring uh, speaking of there was no cliff season no, exactly. And speaking of retirement, Doug Free, he announced his retirement from the NFL after 10 seasons. Came after a week after Jason Garrett insisted Free would be back for another season. But uh, he's decided to walk away from the game. Now, uh, that's affected you know, the Cowboys' free agency a little bit differently. I'm sure if they wish they knew that a week earlier, they probably would have you know, made a, you know, a harder push to re-sign Ronald Leary. Because it now puts a little bit of question marks about this uh, Dallas offensive line because there's a gap at right tackle. Uh, you may want to move Leo Collins out there, but then you've got a you've got a gap at guard. And they signed Jonathan Cooper today, the former high round pick. But you know you don't want to hold your breath for that guy. So it's, a, it's an interesting decision. And uh, look, Free often gets talked about as a weak link because when you're lining up next to just insane talent, someone's got to be the weak point. But he's been a solid player for a decade considering he was a mid-round player like you would take that you know from a you know, middle round offensive lineman every day of the week in any draft yeah well you know what I think I think as harsh as it is he was the weak link especially due to his age and things like that so bringing in someone like Cooper Cooper could just slot in there I'm not saying seamlessly but could you know slot in there and Still look the goods. He probably he's probably going to get good grades and stuff due to the people around him, and yep. the help that he's going to get either side. And you know it'll look like a shrewd signing, even though it might not be. And Cooper will probably get a big payday and move somewhere else if he just you know <laughs> has a successful season and the Cowboys don't view him as uh, you know anything else but a product of the people around him. Yep. So we'll see. They've also got Chaz Green, who's performed well at right tackle, but just had some injury issues as well. But uh... Doug Freed, not not a Hall of Famer like uh, his former teammate Demarcus Ware, but uh, announced his retirement after a solid NFL career. Uh, for the second straight year, we've got Chase Chase going on in free agency after oh, the oh. Eagles released quarterback Chase Daniel. Get excited, guys! It's uh, it's Chase Chase time. So uh, pretty much, uh, you know, let the let the games begin. You know, Tony Romo that's, now that's... number two on the free agency top one hundred and one list behind Chase Daniel. Let's not uh, let's not say anything else um, other than what Chase Daniel was in Philadelphia. He was an absolute success. It was just 
from start to finish, his career in Philadelphia was a booming success. That I, it's sad to see him go. It really is. It's just we paid him a lot of money to play a couple of games, and you know. Yep, a nice consolation prize is the Milky Bar kid himself, Nick Foles, who uh, after travelling around uh, Middle America has fa- found himself back in Philadelphia. A weird career for Nick Foles, just I don't know, like somehow ends back up in Philly. Um, just that's so weird. Really weird. It's a really weird circumstance. <laughs> what, what a career! Uh, you know, like obviously not wishing anything um, on Carson Wentz, but. Say, say Nick Foles steps in and plays terrifically well. You could easily see him next season going off and starting somewhere again. Again, yeah, like no, it, yeah. And it all starts. The Nick Foles, uh, express experience. There's just, just something weird about him. Like, he, he, he went, um, through stretches as a really, 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 really average quarterback. Just like, what, what are people seeing in him? And then obviously you have just these, Standout games, which are just incredible, like the one against Oakland where he threw seven touchdowns. You just think, what the hell? Like yeah. these are just ridiculous outliers. But at the same time, you think the talent has to be there if you can do it. So mm, exactly. I don't know. Uh, all right, last little bit of news before we get into free agency winners, losers, and I don't know what you call someone that just comes out sort of not worse, and they've had some moves and they end up being the same. I don't know. Is that a draw? Do you call them a drawer? I don't know what I don't know what the term I was coming up with, but sure, we'll work something out. But uh, the Cleveland Plain Dealer reports that the Browns aren't expected to make a run at Redskins franchise player Kirk Cousins, but three other teams have in the past 10 days and were immediately turned down. So Pro Football Talk reported on Tuesday that there was growing belief in league circles that Cleveland would make a play for Washington's quarterback. And then Mary Kay Cabot, uh, the beat writer for the Browns, reported it's unlikely because of the draft pick compensation and the contract and, and what the Browns are doing. So... Kirk Cousins is is not heading to Cleveland, despite some reports that they were interested. But for me, if that's you're... really good, that's really good because I like Cleveland and I don't want to see Kirk Cousins there. <laughs> you like that? You like that? Uh, I don't know. I, it's a w- you... if, but if I'm Washington, this is the perfect time to to trade Kirk Cousins. His value could never be. Well, I, I guess it was probably higher last season than it is now, but. You've taken away some of his best weapons. Um, your franchise is a mess. You know, he doesn't want to sign a long-term deal because your your front office is just a nightmare. There's just leaks coming re- left, right, and center. It's it's a it's like a little dinghy with a thousand leaking holes in it. It's just falling underwater so fast. Why not get what you can now for Kirk Cousins? Because you know, at the end of this year, you aren't going to lock him down because he will. Be sick of this Washington franchise, this front office, this uncertainty, and he'll sign somewhere else and probably end up rejoining Kyle Shanahan in in uh, Santa Clara next season. Why not at least get rid of him now and, and and grab as much compensation for him as possible? I agree. I think I think Kirk Cousins is better than a lot of the quarterbacks in the league. Like he is. There's some not. There's some really. Low quarterbacks on my list. Are you serious? Kurt, <laughs> I know, right? No, but Kirk that Cousins is, is better than a lot of them, but still, he will always be in my eyes until he proves me otherwise, and it's gonna it's gonna take some proving. Let me tell you that that he <laughs> is just not as good as what other people make out he is. Saying that, I would like to see him with Kyle Shanahan. I think then my like for him. Might go up a little bit because of how much I like. Kyle you might Shanahan. like like him. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, saying that, 
I don't want him to go to Cleveland. I don't want Cleveland to put, you know, I don't. Uh, it just wouldn't be good. But I, I, I think Washington are in a stage now that there's so much dysfunction. It's such an unappealing place to go that they're kind. They have to cash in on Kirk because Kirk, unless you know, unless there's just like some ridiculous season this season where everything turns around for them unexpectedly, I can't see. You know, free agents wanting to go there unless they're paying out their rear end, and I don't know. It's just just not a place that anyone's want to, is going to want to go. So why not cash in now, get as many draft picks as you can, and do it the old fashioned way? Exactly, and they don't exactly have the cap space to pay out their rear end um, because they've franchise tagged Kirk Cousins in back to back years. They've so they've hamstrung themselves that way, and now they've you know like it's just like I don't know. When when Cleveland looks like a more desirable operation than you are, you know you're not running your franchise properly. Like Cleveland, Cleveland but would be an upgrade for Kirk Cousins at this point. If I was a free agent, I would have, of course, there'd be question marks about going to Cleveland. But at the moment, with just just how they're structuring themselves now, they're being upfront with what they're doing, and it's it's clear that you can you can see what they're doing, and it's just you know yep. everything's transparent. I, I really like that, and I think it appeals far more to free agents, especially if they um, are on the younger side and they can yep. see you know there's an actual plan in place. Yeah, I think it, it looks a far more attractive um, yep. location. We'll get to Cleveland in a second. They're uh, at the top of our list in our next segment. Uh, last thing on just Kirk Cousins, though, like I really am interested to see how he plays this year now that you know Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon are gone, because many think he's a product of just a, a fruitful offense and and you know that had helped him. So with Garçon and 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 Deshaun gone, it'll be interesting to see how he actually handles that because Jordan Reed can't stay healthy forever. We know about his issues and his missed time, uh, and he missed time last year. Uh, Vernon Davis is on the, you know, worst side of thirty. Uh, it, it will be interesting to see how how far Kirk Cousins falls because I don't think he can play better than he did last year given the surroundings around him. Do you think it was a mistake to go out and get? Um... Wow, gone completely. Terrell Pryor? Uh, yeah, Terrell Pryor, that's it. Do you think it was a mistake to go out and buy a player that, you know, possibly may have talent? Oh, sorry, he does have he talent. Definitely Possibly does. may have, you know, the ability to um, replace Deshaun and things like that. I don't but mind the, the signing because it's only $8 million for one year. Like, I, I think the money side of it worked out well, but... Um, the fact that Cleveland, after saying that they would build a, a franchise around him, didn't even want to match that means that there, there's got to be some stink around this guy about his presence in the locker room and things, which we well, questioned a few times. He went to, he, it's appropriate he went to the, the Washington football team. Though. It's a, it's a great fit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, um, let's jump into our next segment. All right, so free agency winners, losers, and drawers. I don't know. We're working on it. It's a running. It's a running. Drawers is drawers is definitely not a thing. I don't know. Tires. I don't know. All right, so let's talk some of the uh, the big winners and and movers and shakers. Uh, we've we've listed a few winners, and we'll probably touch on a few more as we sort of just go sign signing for signing later on in the show in a little bit of a speed round. But 
Uh, Cleveland, obviously, we just talked about. You know, they acquired Brock Osweiler, a 2018 second round pick, and a 2017 sixth round pick from the Texans in exchange for a 2017 fourth round pick. So it's a, pretty much a straight salary dump, which we only ever see in the NBA. So essentially, the Texans sent a second round pick to the Browns in order to get the Browns to take Osweiler's contract out of their hands. So I love this move. I thought it was genius. I laughed so hard about it that Brock Osweiler's lasting legacy is that he's the now the face of salary dump trades in the NFL. He is the first to have it happen, and hopefully he won't be the last because I, I love them. I think it's awesome. Um, and to see a value for what a second-round draft pick is, given that they have a lot of cap space, obviously they probably wouldn't have paid that much if they didn't. But I just love this move so much, and it's basically saying, like, catching Brock Osweiler in your house and saying, you can leave, but just, like, here, take my TV. <laughs> I just want you out of my house. Like, you can steal I, I all like of my jewelry. I do like that they will um, say, you know, oh, this is similar to the Brock trade, or, like, that's, that's going to go down in history. Or, yeah, or you got Osweiler or something, like... Yeah. <laughs> it needs but, to be uh, a name for it. Like, it needs to be a, a turn now in the NFL dictionaries. Yeah, I wonder... Do a, I don't know. Why don't you try Brocking them? I yeah, don't know. You, you, anyway. Yeah, you're getting Brocked? You're Osweiler? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I think... Texan, the Texans, despite losing a second-round pick to get rid of him, which is just it is just mind-boggling that that happened. I love it as well, but oh, it makes them a better team. Gave up a, yeah, even though they gave up a second-round pick, I, I find Texans are just winners downright for getting rid of that contract. Like it's just and acknowledging they acknowledging that they up as well. Yeah, and we spoke about this um, on the weekend when we were just chilling, just chilling like a couple of villains. Watching and... the Eels win. Yeah, yep. go to the top of the table. Anyway, other news. <laughs> we'll, uh, um, yeah, so when they were t- uh, when we were talking about that, we were saying how... Um, you made me lose my train of thought, you bugger. Sorry, mate. I, look, I think it, it op- completely opens them up for Tony Romo. I think that's what we're talking about. And even if they can't land Romo, like even someone like Jay Cutler on the Texans is a complete upgrade for them over Brock Osweiler. Yeah, and we that's we. I would really like Cutler to go there if Romo can't. I think, I think Romo. I mean, Cutler could come in and he would yeah immediately make this team better. And he's just a competitive son of son of a gun. So if they I think he would be able to also handle the pressure of the media and things. He doesn't would... care. <laughs> yeah, he, they they would say they would say things like you know what, like damn it, if we had Romo, this is where we'd be. That kind of thing. If they weren't performing, and I think Cutler would just be like, shove it up, you know, like he wouldn't. He doesn't, he doesn't take he anything. He just doesn't care. Doesn't care. I'll, I appreciate He's... that part of his part of it. Smoking Jay Cuddy, that gunslinger. Like, he is just... Yeah, I, I really enjoy watching him play. And, you know, there are those games where he puts his head down after throwing his fourth interception. But, at the same time, there's also those games where he throws his fourth interception and just doesn't even... Like, his chin doesn't drop it. Or, he, or he'll just throw like four... Just, I don't care. Or he'll just throw four touchdown passes and no interceptions. People forget games like that that he's played. Oh, and he, he has a beautiful arm when he's when he's when it's in full flight and he's just having a, a great day. And I think DeAndre Hopkins would be a great target for him, but obviously clearing the decks for Romo. Like if they can land Romo, it, it makes them a, 
an absolute contender uh, in the AFC uh, and, you know, for the Super Bowl because Romo is a, a massive upgrade over uh, over Brock Osweiler. Anyone, you know, is an upgrade over Brock Osweiler, but to go to, from Osweiler to Romo, um, you know, if, and lose a second-round pick, I would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> me, me too. Yeah, the rest of the Browns moves, because we are talking about Cleveland being a winner, and look at the Texans. Hey, actually, I remember what we were talking about. We yep. were talking about the Texans in regards to that we, were, that we were happy that, even though it was a major, major, uh, you know, F up, if you like, <laughs> by the, the general manager and things like that. And they, they're all, a, it was good to see that they just admitted it and were honest with all their fans and stuff like that and just said, hey, look, the whole Oswald thing, we got ahead of ourselves. We did everything the wrong way. Even though if they didn't come out and say it like that, this this completely signified and symbolised that that's what they had done. And, mm. like, it was just, you know, it's it's an honest way without having to say it. Yep. And they were just, you know, up front with everyone and did that trade and, yeah. And pat on the back to Osweiler for sticking in Texas – to, for staying in Texas to do that a charity event or whatever he was doing. That yeah. was, yeah, that, was been, like, that made me feel a little bit bad. It <laughs> would have been same. tough. And, but then also saying that the reports are that apparently the reason that the, the final curtain on the Osweiler era was that after he got benched and then Tom Savage got injured and then he was forced to play Osweiler, Osweiler and Bill O'Brien nearly came to blows in the locker room because Osweiler was saying, you don't want to play me, uh, you have to play me, and all this sort of stuff. So he, it sounded like he was very entitled, and I thought that was a little bit bizarre. Um, showing Brock sort of showing his true colours because he's always been a bit of a robot on the press true press conference. <laughs> the- all okay. right, the rest of the Browns moves. Uh, obviously, uh, Kenny Britt four year deal, thirty two million dollars, seventeen million guaranteed. Despite all the Eagles rumours, he lands in Cleveland. Obviously, there's the Terrell Pryor. Replacement. I don't think he's being brought in to be their wide receiver one. I really think they have one in in Corey Coleman. Uh, they also signed Kevin Zeitler, J.C. Treader uh, to five and three year deals respectively. Zeitler a huge money deal, but he's just you know a stud guard. And then they re-signed Joel Batonio, who in his rookie year was just up there with Zach Martin in terms of his level of play. He just had a few injuries, but really built. Up that uh, that uh, offensive line, especially when you consider now, you know, Joe Thomas at left tackle, and they can move Cameron Irving uh, over to right tackle. This is a, a gun line, and you know, Zeitler is. I, I like spending money on a on a guard like that when you're Cleveland because there's there's not much risk involved with it. Like that's a safe free agent pickup. Yeah, and the thing I I really like about it is that these are the kind of players that. Like you said, it isn't as risky as going out and trying to get these game-changing, big-name diva kind of stars. If you're going to pay someone and you need to build and the talent or options just aren't there for quarterback and running back and wide receiver and the, you know, the players that you want to spend on, you don't want to lash out now and spend all this money on these wide receivers or anything like that when you don't have a quarterback to throw them to. It's just it's just not smart management. So I really like what the Browns are doing. They're building this really, really solid offensive line. They're paying these um, players that are proven, well and truly proven, that they can, you know, they can do the job at hand. And it just shows you um, like examples such as the offensive line in front of Dak Prescott and the offensive line in 
Um, Oakland, Oakland did it really well. They built their offensive line before Carr had even gotten there. And then it just look how easy it was. Not, not It wasn't exactly 100% easy, but look how much easier it was for these two rookie quarterbacks to step in for their first seasons in the NFL behind these ridiculously good offensive lines. So it just it makes everything so much easier that if Cleveland decide to, you know, just use this year as another rebuilding year, and then the year after that, they draft a quarterback or they draft uh, Watson this year or whatever they want to do, they'll have an offensive line that they can step in straight behind and then build on. Yeah, exactly. And this is a draft as well where offensive line isn't highly regarded as, as a huge talent you know, pool. And now that their offensive line is pretty much set, these are the picks that they have this year and next year. They have... They have two ones, two twos, a three, a four, three fives, and two sixes this year. A one, three twos, a three, two fours, a five, two six, and a seven next year. That's an insane amount of picks. But they can use all of those picks this year just on like skill positions, like wide receivers, quarterbacks, and defense, and really like, really like stockpile and and build this roster, especially in a deep defensive back and edge class. That's positions they're really lacking. They've spent their big money on 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 guards, and now that they can pretty much load up their roster through the draft, I I love them. This I know it might not be Moneyball, but I just because a lot of teams use analytics and stuff. But I just love the approach from D Podesta. It's fantastic, and it so it all started with that trade from Osweiler. I thought um, they've done a hell of a job, and I'm really excited for Cleveland and their fans. Me too. I'm I'm completely on board. I, I just that's what. This podcast needs more Browns talk. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, uh, another team that's uh, a, a huge winner, and uh, they this seem... team is not nearly talked about enough. This team's never talked about at all. Um, they're never in the headlines. This just really under the radar. Um, they never win in free agency. Well, oh, that's a lie. Um, they seem to win perennially just 365 they always, days. Yeah, they always come. They always come off second best in trades. Yep. Just, yeah, the, yeah, is the New England Patriots. Uh, they just. The rich keep getting richer, and I mean, this week, it's just... Look, we know Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time, but just as a general manager, where would he rank? Because he does a hell of a job of, like, building rosters and acquiring talent and... When was the last time he lost a trade? It's unbelievable. And he probably trades more than anyone. Yeah, uh, I don't know. What about... Do you reckon he won the Chandler Jones trade? Uh... Yeah, yes and no, probably no, but th- did it really affect them? Like, they had Trey Flowers, they didn't have to fork out a whole heap amount for Chandler Jones. Like, they probably lost the and trade. Hightower, but they... And then Hightower filled in pretty well. Yeah, exactly. Like, so. even though they <laughs> they might have lost that trade when you just look at that trade in a vacuum, I don't think they're worse off without Chandler Jones. Like, they're, they're fu- like it worked out just fine for them. No, I agree. What about yeah. Collins? You think that's... Yeah, didn't, didn't affect them. They've got a Landon Roberts there, and they... They just keep—I don't know—they just keep doing things right. I just and these this off season is—we already talked about the Dwayne Allen trade that they picked up Dwayne Allen. Now they've acquired wide receiver Brandon Cooks and a 2017 fourth round pick from the state from the Saints in exchange for a 2017 first and third round pick. So they acquire Brandon Cooks. They lose the 32nd pick in the draft, but this is an insane talent for them, and their offense is now absolutely stacked with Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Hogan, Malcolm Mitchell. There we go. <laughs> it, it's just, it's unbelievable how stacked this offense is. It is, but I think, 
I think, as weird as it sounds, I really like the whole Brandon Cooks thing in regards to kind of replacing Martellus Bennett. As weird as it sounds, it's it's kind of like Bennett was brought in and everyone thought, hey, we're, they're going to return to the days of the Hernandez-Gronkowski duo. When it, it didn't play out like that at all, really. Martellus Bennett, you know, that did is catch some balls, but he was mainly a really, really solid blocker for the Patriots last yep. year. And then... There obviously were games where, you know, he scored touchdowns and things like that, so it wasn't every game. But when Gronkowski went down, you could tell that Bennett wasn't anything like Gronkowski and he didn't do anything like that. And then the 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 team became so one-dimensional and you knew they were just going to do these screen passes, short crossing routes, things like that, where Cooks can just stretch the field like Gronkowski is used. So Gronkowski obviously isn't anywhere near as quick as Cooks, and these other wide receivers are faster than Gronkowski, and yet they still use Gronkowski to stretch the field because of how big he is, and they have to give him that respect and you know mm. let him run up the, up the middle. So that, that's how it's used. So when they can stretch the field with Cooks now, that's just going to open up the field more for these wide receivers, and they can get a little bit deeper. So it's just... I think I really like the move. I just think it, it's really, really savvy. And it's, it's, it is. It, it is. It's something that, I don't know. I, I think Edelman's getting older. Amendola is, you know, getting older, but they still have Hogan and Mitchell who are relatively young. But yep. yeah, I, I, I think it's smart. I think Amendola is probably going to get cut. They just have too many bodies there. And that was the problem with Bernard Cooks in the Saints. He wasn't getting enough targets and catches and he, he he wants to be a bell cow, but look where you've landed. Like, like, we haven't even mentioned the running backs yet. Like, they have Lewis and White, who who catch an insane amount of passes from Brady. He loves dumping it off to the to the running back, and now they've added Rex Burkhead as well, who's a who's a fantastic and underrated all-purpose back. Which again, I'm so angry that all 31 NFL teams just let that Rex Burkhead thing happen. That's a totally separate issue. But I don't know. Could Brandon Cooks? Get a little bit frustrated and and a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit angsty about being in this insane competition, or does no. he just know because he's in New England that you get the personality sucked out of you and you just win rings? Yeah, I don't think that becomes a thing. I think they're going to definitely use him in the screen game. I think though, I think he's going to be their everything man. I think he they they he, he they runs a great route. Him. He runs all the routes. He does, and he can do everything. He may not be the tallest. He may not be able to go up and get those jump balls like, you know, those diva wide receivers like Des Bryant, but that wasn't a jab at Des Bryant, by the way. Yeah, that's all right. No, <laughs> but, I get it. But Brandon Cooks, you know, he can do it all. So I think he's super, super quick, and, I mean, the Patriots really like to utilize the screen pass and have them, you know, get the ball in the backfield and just try to make something happen. And, I mean more often than not, something does happen. Mm. And Brandon Cooks is the perfect person to get that to, especially because Edelman and Amendola and things like that do tend to pick up nagging injuries that just linger for a while. And that's the same with Gronkowski. A lot of these players, despite how well they work in the system, are always getting hurt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, moving on to another trade. They acquired Coney Ealy and a third-round pick from the Panthers in exchange for a second-round selection. But they pretty much, the picks are like eight, picks apart. So yeah. they, they drop down eight spots and pick up Coney Ealy, who who was nearly a Super Bowl MVP if the Panthers ended up beating the Broncos in that game. He was fantastic. And it was pretty much a move after Julius Peppers uh, 
had a homecoming to Carolina and signed a deal with the Carolina Panthers, um, which is which is cool. I like uh, players coming back, and he can still bring something. But they're pretty stacked at their defensive front seven, with especially with you know Mario Addison re-signing. So they had an extra body there, and the and the Panthers traded for it. But it always seems to be the Patriots who are just savvy enough to to barely give up anything and bring in a talent. You watch Coney Ealy, you know, play a crucial role for this Patriots team and, and be a be a good pass rusher opposite Trey Flowers. Yeah, I think I think the Patriots are, are smart. And I, I give credit to Belichick, but I really want to know who his advisors are because he can't be doing it all himself. It's just, it's, it know. would be insane to think <laughs> he does doesn't it all sleep. himself. <laughs> he's, I know. He's insane. I do want to know who he confides in, though, to see if he thinks this is the right decision or not, because everyone does that. So I'd, I'd really like to be, you know, unless he just, you know, calls calls a family member and goes, what do you reckon about this? <laughs> but I don't know. I think it is, it is smart, especially because Panthers were probably going to, you know, I think the trade sounds far better when you read it than it actually is. Because, like you mentioned, it's only moving up eight eight spots but Mm. when you look at it and go oh they got a second rounder hmm that's not too bad kind of thing like that but it's only eight places so i think exactly i don't know that may yeah that may have played on the panthers a little bit but i don't know i think that they would have gotten rid of him anyway so the patriots pounce on that kind of thing and it's smart it's just smart there's no really other way to put it it's Mm. just smart as opposed to uh in answering your question about his advisors, there's a guy in the Patriots organization called Ernie Adams. Um, definitely Google him and, and read up about him. He is a, one of Belichick's trusted advisors and, and sits up top in the in the press conference. He's kind of an unknown. No one really knows what he does in the organization, but um, a couple of books I've read have mentioned him as just being this. this... I can imagine. I can imagine Bill turning to someone called Ernie, Bill yeah. and Ernie. That's just terrific. <laughs> I didn't even look at it that way. That's amazing. Uh, the rest of New England's moves, uh, we talked about Rex Burkhead. I still can't. I'm so angry about that. I love Burkhead. Um, Rex Goathead, as I call him, you know. Um, I've just disbanded the Burkhead's group now that he's signed with the Pats. It's all over. And then Stefan Gilmore. They they get a shutdown corner. Um, watch him become an all-pro in New England. Yeah. I really like the Lawrence guy signing. I think that's it's just really... Rotational. I, I, yeah. yeah, I just think he's he's an underrated guy who can flourish in this kind of I thing. think he's just a Lawrence guy. Oh, oh. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Moving on to uh, another winner before we get into some losers. It's Tampa Bay. Uh, I really like just two signings for them, but I liked both of them. Uh, obviously, to Sean Jackson, three-year, $35 million contract with $20 million guaranteed. When you look at the box score and fantasy users are probably frustrated with just Sean Jackson you know, because it's it's inconsistent and things like that. But he ha- he does so much for an offense without without having to catch a pass. Um, him going deep and having to respect that opens up things for you know Jamison Crowder and Garcon last year, and he's going to do the same for Cameron Brayton and Adam Humphreys in in Tampa Bay. And then you pair him with Mike Evans. That's that's an unbelievable pairing. And there's only two wide receivers with more deep targets than Jackson than Jackson last season, and one of them was Mike Evans. So it's it's pretty crazy when you look at it that these two guys uh, are going to be there with Jameis Winston, who wasn't the most accurate deep thrower, but I think Deshaun will help that massively. When you looked at Kirk Cousins with and without Deshaun Jackson, it changed a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to overthrow Deshaun Jackson. So I think, 
you know, Winston might be okay trying to throw deep to Deshaun. I, I do I do like the Deshaun Jackson signing. I really do. But, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see how many games he's on the field for. Yep. Did you just walk into a, a windstorm or something? It sounds like uh, it's very windy where you are now. I am literally sitting in the exact same position I have the entire time. Okay, podcast. a little bit of rustling. So there you go. There you go. Uh, and Chris Baker, the Bucks signed Chris Baker, formerly of the Redskins. So they signed two Redskins, but two of their better players. Uh, Three-year, $15.75 million contract, $9 million guaranteed, which is the steal when you really look at some of the money other players have gotten. And they finally have a good player alongside Gerald McCoy in the Bucks' interior. And, and Baker's developed into a fine interior defender against the run in the past over the past two seasons. So they got him at a really good price, and this really helps their their defense because they can probably address pass rusher again and, and defensive back in the draft now because they've got that interior presence. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's like they just looked at the Redskins and thought, hey, let's just go at them. There's a little bit of dysfunction over there. Let's go get the players that won't want to sign back there. So... I mean, it was good old-fashioned pillage. Chris, yeah, Chris Chris Baker's a little bit of a um, an underrated, unknown commodity amongst the league, and he is a solid player. So I think it, it's a it's a sneaky pickup by the yeah. the Bucks. They've been looking for a guy next to McCoy that's that's reliable for a long time, and they finally yeah. finally have got, a... They could have went and got that Lawrence guy. <laughs> 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 that was much better. That, that was much off. better than my joke. Um, I actually uh, appreciated that. That was good. All right, some l- some losers here. Uh, f- first one that comes to mind is the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, just, I don't know. I, I don't understand what their game plan was heading into free agency, am I, or am I giving them too much credit for actually having a game plan? Because it feels like the wheels have just fallen off the entire organization and no one's sort of driving the car. I don't I don't get it. You replace Andrew Whitworth and Kevin Zeitler with Andre Smith and then obviously re-signing Eric Winston. But Andre Smith left the team, played terribly in Minnesota, and then they're like, all right, cool, we've seen enough, come back. I, I don't get Nailed it. Nailed it. And they have plenty of cap space. They're top 10 in cap space right now. Like, it's not as if you couldn't afford to sign at least one of Whitworth or Zeitler, like, I don't get it. I know you drafted two young tackles in Ogbui and Eric Fisher. Not Eric Fisher, but Jake Fisher, sorry. But, like, both haven't quite panned out like it seems. I thought maybe you could have hung on to Whitworth for another year or two at least. What baffles me is that this is also the second successive year that they have let uh, players go in one position all at once. So they yeah. they got they let Whitworth go, they let Zeitler go, then they let their wide receivers leave last year without getting any adequate replacements. And I don't know why, because they have the money. They could have went out and, you know, got Jeffrey and Tory Smith and you would have thought, hey, that's being proactive. That looks like a good move. That's giving Dalton someone to throw it to because you don't have exactly a backup plan for Dalton. So it's not like they're trying to, you know, get all this cap room for later on with a new quarterback or they're in a rebuilding phase. They've got Dalton. They have a quarterback who, when he's protected, he's good. Yep. And he's not being protected anymore. <laughs> so no, I don't it, know it, what their plan is. It doesn't make insane. any sense. And before they lost you know, Jones and Sanu, like you said, their roster was one of the best in the AFC and they're primed for a deep playoff run because I still think today if, if Dalton wasn't injured and it wasn't McCarron in that game, they'd probably beat the Steelers and end up going 
you know, that one further step in the in the playoffs and, and could have been a really sneaky team and they were well built to maybe take down a team like the Patriots back back in that year. So it you know, Brady wasn't playing as good then as he was sort of last year as well. So it it is definitely interesting what their strategy is because it's not as if like they're in a re- rebuilding stage at all. The rest, like they still have pieces on their roster, but now it's like they have these huge holes, and now they probably have like one of the worst offensive lines in the entire AFC. Yeah, so that'll really show what Dalton's made of. Yep. I bet you he's hating this. I just think it's just like let's see how really good you are. We're at a stage now <laughs> in 2017 where we feel sorry for Andy Dalton. I mean, I've always felt sorry for the Red Rocket. All right? I know, you've he's, got he's a just, sweet he, for it. He, he gets a hard time. He gets a hard time. He's wow. a pretty good quarterback when he's protected. Josh Wooden just, uh, you know, going into bat for Andy Dalton and Jay Cutler today. You know, a really contrarian, uh, you know, up-against-the-wall fight from uh, from the Wootmeister. Uh, they also let Dansby, Rex Burkhead, and Demata Pecco all leave as well. But, you know, look, they retained... Dre Kirkpatrick, which, which is great, and Brandon LaFell, but, you know, whatever. So, um, all right. I think he's the only one that, uh, they're the only team that views LaFell as a uh, legitimate option. But anyway. They've fallen in love. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, another loser is team needing, is teams needing tackles. Uh, I just can't believe the tackle market. It's been insane. Uh, just the amount of money thrown at really bad Offensive tackles. Uh, so pretty much Matt Khalil's deal just killed me. Uh, $25 million guarantee. He was awful in Minnesota. He was injured as well his last season. Still gets $25 million guaranteed. And that just started a chain of just bad signings where everyone like, all right, well, Matt Khalil got $25 million guaranteed. Then I'll get more. So Russell Okung managed to, to play it by year well despite not having an agent whatsoever. Riley Reef then earns a similar contract. Kelvin Beach and, and Luke Jokel all land big deals. Uh, just that's insane to me. Luke Jokel is very confusing because <laughs> I don't remember him ever having a good season ever. So I think I think it's it's a bit of a product of the draft being short on this talent, and also I think there's only a few teams with genuine good coaching staffs for the offensive line. Um, I think, you know, maybe go hang out in Baltimore and the Patriots are very good and obviously Dallas and the Raiders are very good. But some other teams, no matter who they get, it just seems they just, their offensive lines seem to fall apart. So I think that teams may kind of just be trying to hope, hope that a player sticks and not draft offensive linemen in the hope that, you know, they might be able to coach them to be starting caliber. Um, offensive linemen. So I don't, I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. I do like the Khalil brothers. I do like that, but that's all that I like from this whole offensive line thing. I think, you know, there are stud offensive linemen getting paid big money, like um, in Cleveland, but that's kind of justified, and they're studs. When they when players like Khalil and Beecham and Jokel are getting paid this huge money, just it does. It baffles the entire league, I think. And I, I think it's teams like the Patriots who then sit back and look and just think, look what the rest of the league is doing. Yeah, that, it's just... that signing now of Marcus Cannon, that they, they the deal they made there was just looks so smart now. And and same with... Exactly. They must feel so smart. 
<laughs> of course they are. That's why everyone dislikes them, but they, they, they operate so great. Like, 365 days of the year, they get everything right, and the teams that get it wrong are often paying Matt Khalil $25 million guaranteed. I know Mike Remmers wasn't great, but there's no way Matt Khalil is 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 better than Remmers at that price. No. I mean, Remmers is... Remmers is... You know my feelings and views yeah. on Remmers, but, yeah, uh, yeah I agree. Um, that Tyron Smith deal that he signed with the Cowboys is just looking like the steal of the, the century. Like, <laughs> like his base salary is one point two million this year. His cap hits only eight million dollars. Like, just unbelievable. Matt Khalil's getting twenty five million. It's just insane. Yep. Um, and the Vikings they sign Riley Reef at and sorry, yeah, was it Riley Reef and Mike M- Mike Remmers, which. And they signed them to similar money as well, but when you look at who they had last year, it's kind of an upgrade for for them. It it, it it's not bad. It's bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like not really the best. Yeah, you think I can't believe you paid these people that much money, but then you look at their line, you think, hey, well, you know, you're not looking too bad now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Riley Reef is a natural left tackle. They played him at right tackle in Detroit, so they they move Reef to left tackle. Automatically, you'd prefer Riley Reef at left tackle over Matt Khalil. And then you look over at the other side, and Mike Remmers, I know you're not a fan, but he's an upgrade over TJ Clemens. So the, the Vikings forked out some money because of that stupid Khalil market, but they actually upgraded the position. So not as insane as some of the other deals, the Vikings. I thought they didn't do it too bad. Uh, all right, the last loser is the Chicago Bears. Um, and the Bears were seamlessly linked to nearly every big name at the start of free agency. Uh, they were deemed to be the major players of free agency, but when you look at who they end up landing, you kind of, eh, you just, I'm indifferent to it. Mike Glennon at 15 million, whatever, a year. Uh, the deal's actually quite friendlier than it sounds. It's a lot of front-loaded stuff, so they can pretty much cut him after one year and for a minimal loss, which is fine. Probably ends up being their best deal of free agency, which, you know, that's saying something. They get Prince of Mukamara on one-year deal. They overpay for Dion Sims. They land Marcus Wheaton, Kendall Wright, and Quinton Demps. Does that really get you excited if you're a Bears fan? Do you know the amount of money they're paying Marcus Wheaton? It's an insane amount. It it is ridiculous. I can't. I'm it's I'm pretty sure two he's, years, eleven getting, million dollars. Two years, eleven million dollars. Oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> You know, but you at least at, give Glennon a chance. Like you make Marcus Wheaton your wide receiver one. Like what's going on here? I know. I mean, you just this is the position that teams get themselves in, and then they over they overpay for all this, you know, average talent because they've got they don't really know what they're doing. It's difficult. It's it is hard, and it's hard to exactly say what you would do if you were in their shoes because obviously you want to have a team that's competitive, so the fans come and watch the games. But at the same time, ah oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I. I Really, I'm hoping that Glennon plays well. I don't, I don't dislike the guy, and it's you know it's a bit harsh on him. Everyone's throwing him under the bus for the limited uh, games that he's, he's played. Out. He's not going to have a chance with Marcus Wheaton, Kendall Wright, and Dion Sims on the field, please. I know, and you just hope that something happens. You hope Prince Amukamara, you know, fulfills the the talent that you know once shone. So yeah. I mean, we'll just we'll, it's kind of just a wait and see thing. I can't see them improving though whatsoever, especially no, without Jeffrey. Just the pukey and make it vomity type signings. I don't know how to explain it. Vomity. Yeah. Vomity. Yeah. Why I just said it. Kendall vomity. Wright, four million dollar one year deal. 
and Wheaton gets two million, six million guaranteed. Uh, two years, eleven million, six million guaranteed. Uh, that just baffles me. Um, that's insane. All right, some other signings, some general thoughts. So we've done the winners and losers. Obviously, let's just quickly talk about our two teams. Uh, the Eagles, you know, obviously, Alshon Jeffrey, one year, $14 million deal. They they get Chance, Chance Warmack on just church change. I love that signing. Obviously, we talked about Foles. And then Torrey Smith now as your wide receiver th- uh, three. He's on a very incentive-lative deal, so you could pretty much cut him in training camp if you want uh, for next to nothing. Your thoughts on uh, their uh, – and they also released Connor Barwin as well. Uh, your thoughts on free agency? Yeah, I mean, I'll – I don't really see anything the Eagles have done bad or wrong. I think Jeffrey is also the, he's only, we only have to pay him nine. The rest of it is incentives. So that's, that's really good. So that makes him not even the highest guaranteed um, free agent yep. for, for the first year, which is just terrific. Torrey Smith, I think will come in and be our number two. I think he'll, you know, overtake Matthew straight away, but, um, yeah, I think he'll be able to stretch the field. He'll he'll take uh, some of the coverage away from Jeffrey. I think I think it's all good. I can only see Wentz then improving, and the Warmack the Warmack signing I really like too. It's like one year for yeah, like nothing. Like you said, church changes. It's great. Yeah, and that's just all upside. Like if it works out, you just retain him on a on a multi year deal. He's rolling the dice on his career. Same with Alshon. Like if it works out, like. You know, with this one year, you can re-sign into a long-term deal if it's if it's panning out really well. Given his suspension and injury issues, there's no real risk if he doesn't if he fizzles out. Then you just walk away next year and and you draft someone. You may draft someone this year and 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 groom them behind all these players. So you're in a really good spot. Um, and Jeffrey's a big target and will help Wentz with those you know with those accuracy issues that he has. And I think uh, that's a really good signing. Yep. Yep, uh, my Colts, uh, they made some smaller moves, and I like it. I like Chris Ballard's philosophy here. Uh, he's not overspending. He's not breaking the bank um, because we are in a rebuild um, and not quite like a rebuild like San Fran where you you have to overspend to, to lure free agents and, and you're flipping the roster. You know, we, we do have an offense. We do have a, a quarterback, so try not to... St- make your defense stale with overpriced free agents that may not pan out, like what Brian Grigson was doing, uh, you know, a la Eric Walden. Uh, th- these signings are all, like, low-risk, high-reward. They're all upside plays. Barcavis Mingo, a former first-round pick on next to nothing, all upside play. Jabal Sheard, that's a, it's a, big, a bit of a bigger deal, but he he's a proven, he's a proven guy. He's, he proved it in Cleveland. He proved it in New England. He's a versatile lineman, can fit any scheme, and we, we're paying him... And John Simon, another guy who was underrated in Houston, for the price that the Green Bay Packers re-signed Nick Perry. So I feel like he's addressed some of the edge rushing issues without having to rule it out as a as a possibility in the draft as well. Yeah, man. I mean, it's you, you want a defense there in in Indianapolis. So hopefully, hopefully, even if two of these guys pan out, you'll be a little bit more chippy than usual. Yeah, and he might even be playing uh, Mingo at inside linebacker, which is quite quite interesting. No, that's that's where I would, if I was a Colts fan, that's where I'd want him to play. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting uh, because, you know, obviously didn't work out quite as an edge rusher, but he contributes on special teams and he, he'll do the same. And and we're also in the in the, the Dontari post stakes and we had Kevin Minter in for a, 
for any of you. So if we can land one of those two, that I'm I'm fine with those sort of five signings. Uh, we also signed Jeff Locke, a punter, who is probably our worst signing. I don't like. Bit of punter <laughs> talk, but anyway. All right, some other of the big signings. We'll just smash through these before we we head off. AJ Boye, Boye, uh, Boye. A- Boye. And Barry Church to the Jags. Uh, on paper, this defense Solid. is is amazing. Yeah, they we, just need to draft I, a quarterback saying, at four. I, I said it to you. I feel bad if this this team finally fires with all this talent that Gus Bradley's finally gone and he spent so much time there building it and then doesn't see get to see it flourish. But mm. oh well, you know. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like everyone this year is kind of like, yeah, we seen the Jags do this last year and we got excited and it didn't pan out, so everyone's sort of going cold on them. But this might be the year it's... that they actually do get it together and actually. And it could be a good thing that their expectations are so low. Yeah, exactly. I still think they need to. They still have a giant issue on their roster, and he. Uh... He rhymes with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No one's name rhymes with that, no, but, no, but it's the, close. Blake, Blake Portals. <laughs> you know, are they in yeah. play for a quarterback at four? I don't know. Sneaky, they might be, if they fall in love with someone in the process. <laughs> Why not? Like, you set, I, you I, set I, I everywhere would, else. Why not? Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, we talked about sort of the, the Vikings beefing up their offensive line with... Uh, with Riley Reef and Mike Remmers. The Lions have done the same. Obviously, we talked about Ricky Wagner in the last show, but they also added TJ Lang. They snared him from a divisional divisional rival, the Green Bay Packers. So they end up signing Wagner and TJ Lang for less money than what Riley Reef and Larry Warford ended up costing their respective suitors. So they actually upgraded their offensive line and spent less money? Huh? That's, yep. that's insane. There you go. Mm-hmm. And guess where uh, their general season. manager comes from? Indianapolis. No, uh, <laughs> please. Uh, New England. Surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, everything comes up Millhouse for these guys. It's, uh, we need to get that as a drop. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Um, sure we need to do that. All right. Uh, the Broncos, they also beefed up their offensive line with Men- Menelik Watson, the, uh, the versatile tackle, and then obviously, uh, high profile guard Ronald Leary. That was a clear, you know, aim for them this free agency was to beef up that offensive line. Yeah, um, I mean the Broncos still have a bit of a way to go there, and it's still. I mean, if Romo, see that's that's another reason I just feel Romo's set for the Texans. Just being behind the Texans' offensive line over the offensive line in uh, Denver is, you know, the guy gets hurt so easily. That uh, you know the, the, the protection the, in, the Texan O line is isn't isn't much isn't that much better though is it really I don't know I, I, I really I know they get I Nick really they, they struggled a little bit when Nick Martin went down I know he's going to be back this year and, and Dwayne Brown but I don't know I still feel like I don't know it isn't that great but it is it is better than the Broncos but you know it, Leary and, and Menelik make this a lot better alongside Matt Paradis and you know they could draft someone. Uh, they have been mocked a lot of offensive tackles in the in the draft this year, but yeah. You still think you still think Romo goes to the Texans? I, I think Romo goes to the Texans. If if I was doing it right now and I was like betting on it, I would put the Texans as as the favorite, and that's who I would who I would wager my money on. God, I'd give him all my money if I was the Texans. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all right, we talked about Terrell prior to the Redskins already. Another signing that was uh, the Bills have had a a, a fairly productive uh, free agency period. They added the uh, versatile defensive back Micah Hyde. Uh, the, the Packers have lost a, f- a fair few players, uh, which is pretty pretty insane. And we'll get to who they've signed in a minute. But uh, the the Bills have had a plenty of 
signings, but this is probably their best one in Micah Hyde. Uh, and then they also added Stephen Hauschka as well, which is a, an upgrade over Dan Carpenter. Yeah, I, I really do like underrated I, underrated signings like this. And it's it's good for a team like the Bills to be making these signings. So I think instead of flashing out and getting these big, you know, Mario Williams kind of names, it's uh, it's good to see that Micah Hyde is like an under-the-radar signing that they've snagged away from the Patriots, who, yeah. you know, was who was never um, a liability, really, for the Yeah, for he the was Packers never the issue. It was the, no. it was the surrounding crap around him. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels a huge need for the Bills as well. You know, speaking of the Packers, this is who they've who they've lost. Micah Hyde, Eddie Lacey, TJ Lang, Julius Peppers, JC Treader. Not quite ideal, but they have added Martellus Bennett uh and Devon House. But Martellus Bennett, I love the signing. Uh I love a big pass catching tight end in this offense with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think back to, you know, one of his best seasons was when Jermichael Finley was, you know, at the peak of his career and Martellus Bennett can do all of what Finley can do and more, and he'll be a great blocker as well for them. Yeah, definitely. Like we were just saying how many players have left, I think Green Bay will always be a destination to go to because when, as, as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. But there's also this kind of... this. There's also a little feeling of dysfunction. It's weird. I mean, last season, if they didn't go on the run they did, and Aaron Rodgers didn't just flat-out start balling... You know, it could have been. It could have turned into a really, really, really bad season. So I think I, I don't think players are forgetting this kind of. There was a weird dysfunction. I can't exactly. Uh, no, I I feel you know, it. Like, it. Yeah, I can't and exactly their fans describe. Got a little it. bit, a little bit confused as well. Like uh, a lot of people were sticking up for the front of us, and a lot of people weren't. And there was a little, it seemed to be a little bit more tension amongst Green Bay fans than usual. Yeah, and the, you know they they had a solid system of how they draft and how they you know go about their free agency and things like that. But when injuries started to happen, it was kind of you know everyone turned against their strategy that had worked so well in the past. And you know they, they were fans calling out, "Why didn't you go get this person free agency and things like that?" And so I mean. It happens every year to some team, and last year it just seemed to be Green Bay, but hopefully yeah. they can turn it around yeah. with Martellus Bennett. Yeah, it's one of my favorite fits in free agency is, is Bennett and the Packers, and it's pretty good for Bennett. You know, you go from Tom Brady to Aaron Rodgers. Like, so very often you can you go Ooh, from Tom Brady and upgrade at quarterback. Yep. Uh, and it also opens him up now to tweet whatever the hell he wants, and he <laughs> is just amazing. Uh, if you just hit up his timeline, it's just... Kill them with kindness, and then put a foot in their ass when you need to. Just, just, just all sorts of stuff. I uh, love it. Uh, in the Packers, Eddie Lacy obviously leaving, uh, and Seattle signed him as an offensive lineman. That's funny. No, <laughs> apparently he weighed in at two hundred sixty-seven pounds. That's insane. Big man. That is so huge. Uh, they're, they're, they're trying to find a replacement for Winch. That, that's all they're doing. They're just trying to find someone. Who can you know be that big body? We'll we'll see we'll see. The um, next the, this next signing hurts. Yeah, um, I did love Pete Carroll's line. Of, asked about Eddie Lacy's weight, he just said, "I want him big." <laughs> oh! Nice. <laughs> oh, love it. Um, but I I didn't understand the signing, given you've got Thomas Rawls, CJ Procise, and I never understood like while they were bringing in every single running back. Are they? Is there something we don't know about Thomas Rawls? 
Who knows? Who knows? There's always been question marks about their backfield ever since Lynch left. Like, there's just, you know, Christian Michaels and there's Rawls and there's, you know, you know, every man and his dog has had a go at running back for the Seahawks. And, you know, give Eddie, give Fat Eddie a chance. All right, we'll give I think, <laughs> no, I think Fat Eddie a chance. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to question Tony Carroll. He seems like he has his head screwed on. It seems like he, He's one of those coaches that you kind of don't question most of the time unless it's something, you know, play calling. But Yeah, <laughs> like running it in from the one. <sighs> uh, anyway, God. he knows running backs. He just doesn't know how to use them. Come on, you got to be kidding. Yeah, that is true. Uh, all right, last little one is uh, Benny Logan. We had to bring we had to bring him up, one of our favorite players, joining the Chiefs. So while Dontari Poe goes on the longest nose tackle tour of all time, the Chiefs are just like, all right, we'll just sign Benny Logan. And we'll just slot him in there next to Chris Jones, and away we go. And I love it. Yeah, I mean it's really good. And what's his name? Uh, Andy Reid must be just loving this. They could have just done. Oh, a Nick I forgot that about the re- reuniting Benny Logan with with Eric Reid, uh, Andy Reid. Yeah, that's, that's, that's insane. Uh, yeah, I love the signing. The Chiefs just they've been pretty quiet, and then they just come out of the come out of the woodwork and just say, "All right, we'll just nab." Benny Logan, no one else wants him. I find it weird that Jonathan Hankins is just still out there and no one is talking about him at all, um, given, yeah, given his, you know, his stature and what he achieved last year. I find that insane. You want to know, you want to know my favorite signing of all three agency and we haven't mentioned it? Yep. Tony Jefferson to the Ravens. We mentioned it on the last, we mentioned it on the last show, but we haven't mentioned it today. Yep. Favorite signing of all free agency, that man. It's a great signing next to Eric Weddle. That's a that's a hell of a safety pairing. It's good. It's good. It's what they needed. Uh, anyway. It feels weird not talking about Miami in March, given that they normally own it. Um, so let's just we've got to have a go at some of their deals because it just feels right. We need to do it. Um, it seems to be just a trope of the show every every March is just to slander Miami signings. So we need to find something to nitpick. And, you know, a year after they, they didn't, you know, turn their nose up at signing Olivier Vernon on like $8 million a year and everyone's like, yeah, that's way too much. Let him go. They sign Branch, like, to a $9 million a year signing. It's just, it's just stupid. Andre Branch, like, are you serious? Like, I know he's alright, but like, this is ridiculous. And then they sign Lawrence Timmons, like, he's like 97,000 years old. From, like, what are you doing? What's worse, either of those two signings or Malcolm Brand, uh, Malcolm Smith signing with the 49ers? Yeah, you know, of all the of all the support we give in the 49ers, the Malcolm Smith, it feels like that needs to be a thing though when you're when you're a team flipping your roster. Oakland did it; they brought in Malcolm Smith on a big deal. He's pocketed off some insane team desperation. Malcolm Smith, well done. Um, probably, probably Malcolm Smith, but. Like Branch is nine million a year for Branch is just insane. Um, but look, he's, a, he's a talent. Uh, overall, though, like they've done well. They like retain talent. They re-signed Rashad Jones, and and they kept Kenny Stills despite him, um, you know, taking uh, taking offers for a lot more uh, from other teams. And obviously, Andre Branch is it. They kept him in the building, but still, that's just insane. That's crazy. All right, uh, especially and- when they when especially when they didn't pay Vernon that much. Yeah, if you just, just kept it. Olivier Vernon and got rid of Mario Williams, you'd be in a much better place right now. Oh, well. Yeah. It's, it's but, you the know, Dolphins way. 
Yeah, it's the Miami way. Uh, all right, that pretty much wraps up our, our winners and losers and, and drawers, I guess. Like, our drawers are like the Lions and the Vikings, I guess, who, you know, somewhat got better but didn't really. We'll wait and see, but I don't know if that's the right term. But uh, any last thoughts on free agency before we uh, head off? No, I want more of it, though. It would be great. I love I love free agency. It's yep. just super exciting. Yep. All right, we'll be back next week to talk about the last little trickle-downs of, of free agency. We want more money ball. That's what we want. Yeah, exactly. There's still some. There's still plenty of free agents out there. We've still got to wait to see what happens with Dante Hightower, Peterson, Poe, Hankins, TJ McDonald, Zach Brown still out there, Cuddy, Romo. Imagine, imagine Cleveland got Romo. <laughs> Ooh, saucy. <laughs> Jamal Charles, Morris Claiborne, Latavius Murray. So there's still some, some big names out there, not quite necessarily great talents, but uh, we'll wait and see what pans out, and then we'll we'll be definitely getting into our uh, draft interviews and whatnot as we head into into draft season. As always, you can follow uh, me on Twitter at JYNFL. You can follow Woot. At Woot, And you can follow the show at Woot and Why. You can like us on Facebook, The Woot and Why Show. We're on Instagram as well, NFL Podcast. And listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Wooshka, and TuneIn Radio and on Radio Hub. Thanks, guys. Peace out. <laughs>